to us. These are the words of God. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Amen. You may be seated. I got to share with you, we haven't used our black box in a while, and it's been up here, and people are going, oh, there's that black box. You can talk about the brain and the mind and all our values and things like that on this Sunday, and and I haven't. But today, I want to bring one thing about this to your attention, that what we believe, our history, our memories, all those things in the files of our mind that make us who we are, include what we value. It also includes what we think about certain things, whether it's good or bad. It includes Romans chapter 8 where it says, no condemnation. Our opinion of that, our understanding of that section in Scripture changes everything. And this morning, I want to share with you one thing. If you are condemned or feel condemned or are condemning yourself, it's time to change. I want to share with you that all condemnation, no matter what it is, is not from God. God is not here to condemn you. In John 3.16, the verse that we all have learned throughout the years, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life, is followed by John 3.16, which says, for there is no condemnation. He did not come into the world to condemn the world, but that through Him the world might be saved. No condemnation. Jesus did not come to condemn you. He did not come to judge you. He came to redeem you. The greatest part about Jesus Christ is He knows that we are condemnable material. Have you ever seen a building that was condemned? Not inhabitable. No human being should live there, is what that means. When we are under condemnation, that is what we feel. No human being should live in our skin, (laughs) including me. But the funny thing about condemnation is it it means we don't like ourselves. Anybody ever said, man, I hate my life? I can't st- you look in the mirror and man, I hate myself. Anybody ever said that? Over time, we've all said that. But I promise you, it wasn't something you wanted for yourself. I don't think you walked around going, I'm going to look for ways so I cannot like myself. Anybody do that? Or did you like the way that made you feel? Did you like feeling like you were worthless and say, This is great! <laughs> 
I wanted this. I don't think so. I know that condemnation, including disliking ourselves, is not something that we cherish. We may be used to it, but it doesn't feel good for a reason. And I will say this, I don't think anybody wants to dislike themselves. They just happen to do it on occasion. I also want you to know this, that the value and your self-worth statements are not found in the Bible. Nowhere does it say in the Scripture, thou shalt hate yourself, thou shalt hate your life. People have said in Scripture, I despise myself, I repent in ashes and sackcloth, but nowhere does it say that your self-worth is based on what you think of you. God alone, and only God, determines your value. Let me say that again, because we don't want to hear that. God alone determines what you are worth. Whether you're condemnable, righteous, holy, savable, worthwhile, lovable, God alone determines that. Nobody else. But it seems we think we have the right to do that. Until we read Romans 8.1. No condemnation. I don't like myself is a statement of condemnation. Not liking something means it's not good or it's not worth your time. And that is what we say when we say, I don't like something, including ourselves. And here's the problem. You see, we've entered into a forgiven relationship with Jesus Christ. But there's another step. And that is to enter into a sanctified relationship where we fully surrender to Him. Where we begin to have the mind of Christ. One of the L words that we're going to look at is losing. And we're going to talk about losing our mind to get Christ's. So I'm going to ask you in a few weeks to get out of your mind. (laughs) To lose your mind. But this is true. That we, when we have the mind of Christ, see ourselves the way He sees us. Not the way we've been taught by these values and judgments. Most of those came from people around us who gave us our self-worth and value by how they responded. God never, ever cast you out. He never said, you're not welcome. The number one requirement for Jesus Christ to save you is that you need saved. That you're ungodly. A righteous person doesn't need a doctor. A holy person doesn't need salvation. But Scripture very clearly says, we all are unrighteous. And we all need the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And this makes all the difference when we enter into that relationship and ask Him to sanctify us, clear our mind and hearts from the junk that isn't from Him. 
It makes all the difference to enter into a sanctified relationship. And even so, when that happens, you're not better than somebody else. And you're not worse than somebody else. We are all one in Jesus Christ. We miss that, don't we? The unity in Jesus Christ, that we're all one in Him. There's not one that's better or worse than another. That we are all together in this at the same level, and there's no room for saying, well, this person's better at me than this, therefore I'm no good. Or this person's worse at me than this, or they smell funny, therefore I'm better than them. It doesn't have that way in the kingdom of God. It doesn't happen that way. Here's the problem. You see, God only will work in you after He worked for you on Calvary. And He will work through you only after He has worked in you. So there's a three-step process. God had to do the work of salvation to lay it in place, which is the cross of Jesus Christ and His resurrection. And then we have to enter into that relationship so God can enter into us with His righteous Spirit to give us the Spirit of Jesus Christ. And then, when that happens, God begins to work through us to take this elsewhere. The best way that you can tell if you belong to Jesus Christ is that you're hungry to share the Word with others. The first sign of sanctification is you want God to use you for ministry of some sort. Even if it's changing a light bulb in the name of Jesus. Or raking leaves. Or mowing a lawn. Or driving a van. Teaching Sunday school. Taking care of the church finances. Doing Gideon work. You name it. Singing. Cleaning up a cemetery. You name it. That is God's work through you when you belong to Him. And you say, but that's just that's easy for me. It doesn't matter. If God's in you and He's working through you, those acts have eternal purpose. God sees in eternity what you do temporarily here in Jesus' name. What does He say in Matthew? If you give a cup of water, that for us is not difficult. In My name, you will by no means lose a reward for that. You will have a reward. God sees that. He recognizes that. And we always want to minimize what we do for the kingdom when God's in us and say, well, I'm not as good as anybody else. But that condemnation is not from God. Again, I share with you, there is no condemnation for those in Jesus Christ and Christ in them. I like this passage in Romans. It says, What the law could not do, this is verse 3, and that it was weak through the flesh, God did. God did the work in you, not you. And if God said, I did it, He did it. Whether or not you believe it or feel it, He still did the work. Jesus Christ did not die in vain. 
And it says, For what the law could not do, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on the count of sin. He condemned the sin in the flesh. <laughs> and that is what feels condemnation-wise in our own thoughts and in our value systems. Is the sin that created those mindsets. Let me try it this way. Suppose when you were younger that you did something and your parents didn't approve of it. Maybe maybe some folks here never violated or upset their parents. And I'm not talking to that person who is in denial. <laughs> I'm talking to the people who realize that their hearts and minds have not always been on the same page with their mother, father, or other people who loved them and were helping them learn how to be responsible adults. But let's suppose that you disappointed them and they said something in their frustration like, you know, you'll never do anything right. Or you always mess up. Or why are you so dumb? All these condemnation words come out in a moment of frustration. Now, as a child, with the parents saying that to you, you did not say that to yourself. But you love them. And their opinions matter to you, so you take what they say as truth. But I have to tell you this, that there is not a single person who walked the planet who is more honest and more truthful than God. Every man may lie, but God will never lie to you. And so Scripture tells us that everyone is going to do something to hurt somebody even if you don't intend to, even in a moment of frustration. And in that moment, as a child, when you receive that, it was a sin of your parents condemning you that you believed as truth, and now it has ingrained into your value system of who you are. And you walk out and say, I don't, you're right, I'm not good enough. That's all we say. I'm not good enough to please my parents. I'll work harder. I'll try better. I'll do better. I'll do more. Sooner or later they're going to say, you know, now you're good enough. Now you're smart enough. Now you've earned it. Until we get out of this earning favor mentality, we have trouble understanding how Jesus Christ came. We didn't earn it. You did not earn Calvary. You weren't even alive. It wasn't because of something you did or did not do that brought Jesus to the cross. This happened almost 2,000 years ago. It was not something on your account. Don't elevate yourself that high. But I want to tell you something that's important. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8-10, through 10, give us this great picture. 
And we so often, I've got it in the good news because it's really cool, it uses the word effort instead of works. Effort and works are similar words, but I like the way it says, it says, for by God's grace you've been saved through faith. It's not the result of your efforts. Right? You didn't die on Calvary. You didn't shed your blood and be resurrected. Jesus Christ did that. So it's His effort that did that. It's God's gift to you. And then this is what it says. So that no one can boast about it. Don't change it yet, Glenn. I want them to see this. So that no one can boast about it. I want you to hear the opposite, yet also true statement that Paul could have said. He could have also said it's not the result of your own efforts, but God's gift, so that no one can feel like they don't deserve it. That they can't have it. The opposite of boasting is saying, I'm not worthy. But it's God's gift, so you can't say, I don't deserve. It isn't about you. It's about Jesus Christ doing something for all of us. You are included. All of us are. For whosoever would believe. This is the Gospel. You and I are in a place where we're included. Not so we can brag and say I'm worth it, or to demean ourselves and say I'm not worth it. We're all together. This is God's non-condemnation statement. There's nothing you can do to stop what Jesus did. And there's nothing you can do to have made Him do it. It was God's work. So often we want to say, I don't feel worthy. It doesn't have to do with you. It's about Jesus Christ. Stop talking about you. Start talking about Him. You are righteous in Him. Therefore, God deems you worthy. God says you are His works. Next verse, Glenn. Verse 10. God made us who we are, what we are. His workmanship, says the King James. And in our union with Christ, He's created us for a life of good deeds. And He prepared for us to do them. Do you understand? God has made us. Maybe you didn't realize this. But God is perfect in all His ways. And a lot of us like to stare in the mirror and say, God doesn't know what He did with me. Well, i got to share with you something if you think that. You don't know what God's doing with you. God did not make a mistake. He's trying to get you to a place where you're sanctified so He can work through you what He's worked in you, that He worked for you before you even knew it. This is God's work. This is called living forgiven, not living under condemnation. And that's so hard for some people to grasp a hold of because all this doubt and questioning. I remember a young lady, um, well, at the time she was older than me, but she's younger in my mind now than I am now. But she came to the altar every Sunday because she didn't think she said the prayer right. And she'd get saved every Sunday. And she'd come to my office for counseling and talk about, I don't know if I'm saved. She was tormented by doubt and questionings. 
and all this condemnation. And so one day I said to her, do you feel some concern that maybe Jesus Christ doesn't love you? And that you're not good enough for Him. And she said all the time, I said, praise God, you got it. I said, that's your clue. You wouldn't care if you didn't belong. Nobody who doesn't want Jesus doesn't care if He saved them or not. Why would she care whether Jesus saved her or not if she didn't want to be? That's the sign of a heart drawn to Jesus. And she stood up and said, You mean my doubt is proof? I said, Absolutely. It's called living forgiven and learning to adopt Jesus Christ's value over you. His banner, says our Old Testament, over us is not condemnation. It's love. It's love. He looks at you with love. Hard for us to understand that because we get all these mixed signals throughout our life saying, earn it, deserve it. Find value in what you do. Guys have a big trouble with that because we're so used to performance-based value. Ladies got a little better. They're used to relationship-based value. And both of them need to be a part of it with neither one being the reason for it. They are, shall we say, results of a relationship with Jesus Christ. That you have what you do and who you are with value because you belong to Jesus. Not so you can belong, but because you do. We need that. we got to have that. And so this morning, I want to challenge you that your values may be wrong. You are saved by grace, not of your works. So that you can't boast about it, and you can't demean yourself, and God is making you into His workmanship, so that you will understand that the processes of your life, God understood. I'm asking you this morning, if you feel condemned, judged, or worthless, that you get back under the authority of Jesus Christ in your life and let go of everything else. To say, condemnation, be gone in me in the name of Jesus. Now let me share something with you. It's already gone in the name of Jesus. But you may not be under that authority. And you may not believe that. And you may have to re-step under that umbrella of His love. But it's clear God has worked it in you and through you. There is no condemnation over you. There's no one sitting here saying you're not good enough. There's no one here saying you're better. And you, therefore you get this because you're so wonderful. It's none of that. It's all about we all need Jesus. He did the work. God wants us to acknowledge it and embrace the fact that we're all welcome in Jesus Christ. And Scripture makes it very clear in that Romans passage, the second and third verse, for those who belong to Christ, who walk according to the Spirit, not according to the flesh. And if you catch this, and I think you will when I say this, it says, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit, for the law of the Spirit of life and Jesus Christ made us free from the law of sin and death. That according to the flesh, and not 
uh, according to the Spirit part of that. If you see it there on the screen, it says that we walk according to the Spirit. The flesh is the part of us that says we're not worthy. When you walk in the flesh, you're not going to feel like you belong. It doesn't say here that you must walk according to the Spirit and therefore you'll have no condemnation. What it's saying is, is when you walk in your flesh, you will feel condemnation or you will feel exaltation over others rather than us be in unity. That's what that verse says. I used to read that wrong for years and think, well, there's no condemnation as long as I'm in the Spirit. When I'm out of the Spirit, the condemnation comes back. It's not what it's saying. What it's saying is that the condemnation comes from flesh. Fleshly living. And not under the authority of the Holy Spirit in Jesus Christ. We, as a church, and as individuals, need to be under the authority of Jesus Christ. That His truth is our truth. That this church can do whatever God asks it to do. As a matter of fact, I see some things that God is showing me that I'm going to share at our next board meeting that I believe God wants us to do. And I know that we can. But only under the authority of Christ. So I'm asking you today to say out loud or to Christ, I am no longer under condemnation. I refuse to listen to the lies of the flesh. And I will walk in righteousness and truth. You might say, well, that's an easy statement. But you have to say it every day. Every day. And when you look in the mirror and you start going, oh, I can't. No condemnation. When you start looking at something, oh, no, no. No condemnation. Get out of the flesh and into the spirit. The flesh is going to drag you backward. Kicking and screaming all the way to heaven. The Spirit will push you forward with joy. And you will be in service. This is what I believe God has for us when we say, I'm living forgiven. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I know that Your Word says to us that there is no condemnation yet. Yet even now, some folks say, I, I don't know. I feel condemned. I don't feel worthy. I feel guilty. Heavenly Father, if there's anyone who has not yet understood the relationship with Your Son, Jesus Christ, and what that can do, that this morning You erase all questions and fears and bring them right to the cross. That's the only place that that restoration happens and the guilt is washed away. And Heavenly Father, I ask You to bring them into resurrection life where everything's brand new in Christ. The old stuff is gone. I'm asking You this morning, Heavenly Father, for those of us who have understood and been a part of that relationship, that You would hold every thought in us captive and teach us to do the same so that everything we do would glorify Jesus Christ. And that we would be out of the flesh where condemnation so easily besets us as your word says the sin and the weight easily besets us let us lay it aside Heavenly Father you've given us the power and the authority to lay the negative ungodly unrighteous man down 
Help us to do that. Heavenly Father, we both folks, we either know you or don't. These are my prayers, and I ask you to honor your word today by moving us forward in your kingdom as one. Amen. The only place you find freedom and joy is in Jesus Christ.